Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hey everyone, this is Lisa and Nancy with Big Blend Radio, and we're sitting out at the flower fields in Carlsbad Ranch in Southern California, in North San Diego County, and we're with Fred Clark here, who's the manager of the flower fields. How did you get that job? <laughs> you know, it's, job. you know, it's the best job on the planet, yeah. is what it is. The uh, I worked for the family who owned the property, growing poinsettias, prior to my uh, employment here, and they were doing some adjustment in their staff and they had an opportunity here and I uh, had a skill set that fit their needs and so here I am. It's been 10 years now. And so is that from the Ecky Ranch family? Yes, from the Paul Ecky Ranch and it's an unusual job here because we're agritourism. And so since we're mixing agriculture and tourism together, your skills are a little different than just being a farmer or just being a tourism operator. You have to have a kind of a foot in both camps and uh, my life experience uh, provided that opportunity uh, and here I am. And so you're also known for breeding, is it breeding or hybridizing the very first black orchid? Yes, I'm, uh, I also have, uh, I've been growing orchids since I was 18 years old so that was 40 years now. And so I've uh, been growing orchids a while, and my passion with orchids is hybridizing orchids. And so I started making my first orchid hybrids when I was 18 or 19 years old, and I've done that continually now for all these years. And I was fortunate about 15 years ago to make an orchid hybrid that produced black flowers. Wow. It's, and uh, interestingly, it's a hybrid genus. It combines three different genera, and in, in the orchid world, you can't when you have a complex genus like that you can give it uh, the name of choice and I happen to pick Fred Clark Ara and so it's called Fred Clark Ara and they've right. been wonderful wonderful hybrids so one thing we got to see here at the flower fields and everyone I mean there's literally acres is that 50 acres yeah we've got 55 acres of flowers of ranunculus flowers serious flower power here and, and we hung out in the orchid houses mm-hmm. which they look like little monkey faces they're super cool <laughs> but they're not the same kind of orchids that we've seen before um, especially like when you go to a grocery store or, or, you know, the big box stores. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen your kind of orchids. In yeah, there. these are cymbidiums that we grow here at the flower fields, and you uh, generally would see those at garden centers here in California. Uh, they're quite popular Californian plant. They grow right outside. They wow. take the cold, they take the heat, and they flower great right around Easter. So now with all of the hybridization skills that you have, could you make a blue ranunculus? No. No. <laughs> it would be nice to have a blue ranunculus. We've we've thought about that, but you really can't. The problem is is that the uh, color chromosomes for ranunculus, there is no blue color. What there are is there's white, yellow, orange, red, and then shades in between uh, of those. And so we have seven primary colors in ranunculus, and then there are four, I don't know, there's five other like mixed colors that are variable, but we have the seven pure colors. Wow. 
this is an art form. It is, yeah, and it we're is. and we're ranunculus breeders here. Interestingly, this variety that you see growing out in the mm-hmm. fields is called Tecalote Giant. It's the variety developed by the founder of the flower fields, and we actively breed ranunculus every year because we have to create our own seed that we grow our crop from, and it's about a three-year cycle. What we'll do is right about now we'll go out in the fields and we look for plants that have the right color, the right number of petals, strong stems, mini stems, and relatively disease resistant, which ranunculus are generally. Then we dig up those plants and we dry the plant down, save the bulbs, and then the following year we plant the bulbs again, but we plant the same colored types together in rows separated by these tall plastic walls. And they're oriented north to mm-hmm. to uh, west, north mm-hmm. to south, and so mm-hmm. when the wind blows, ranunculus are wind pollinated. They're not bee pollinated or ah. hummingbird, and so the wind oh, so blows from the coast. Yeah, so the wind blows down these channels, pollinates all the the same color that we selected, the best wow. plants, and then we let the seed mature, harvest that seed, and then that's the seed that we grow the following year. And so every year, if we're good at selecting out in the fields, we pick better plants, we allow them to pollinate, which hopefully we get better offspring, which result in improvement in the crop every cycle. So when we've got all these flower fields and everyone looks over the ocean and the old pea soup Anderson's windmill, so I bet a lot of people Mm. think they're in Holland. Just, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, it's too, it's not tulips. These are binoculars. But, oh, um, that's right. We get questioned, where are the tulips? Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It and like it's it. like, well, no, we just have binoculars here. Yeah, <laughs> but it, I mean, it's beautiful, and, and everyone can go on the track to rides from the Antique Gas right. and Steam Engine Museum, so we hear that in the background. Um, but, you know, she was asking about the blue ranuncula because I think she was t- thinking about the flag, the American floral flag. Oh, here. yeah, yes. well, that's Just right. really incredible. Yeah, the flag is planted with petunias, though. Mm-hmm. There's over 9,000 petunia plants in that flag. I would go out on a limb and say that that is the largest <laughs> petunia flag in the country. I bet. So. And we've been growing it every year now since wow. uh, for the last 12 years. And so it's mm-hmm. it's quite impressive. And it's really good uh, looking. Uh, you know, it's mm. uh, it's kind of like our calling card. Yeah. You know, the flower yeah. fields are open when you see that flag. And it just blooms. It's beautiful. It blooms. It's beautiful. So what happens with all these flowers? Because I know people mm. are, this is not a you pick. Yeah, it's not a youth. Mm, yeah, we, yeah, we are. It, this is agritourism, so there's two components to our business. Uh, you know, we're right here in the middle of downtown Carlsbad with crazy. ocean view property, right. and so this is really the last bastion of once was once was the floral capital of the United States here in Encinitas in Carlsbad, and so the owners of this property, the Ecke family, in conjunction with the city of Carlsbad and the people of Carlsbad about 20 years ago decided to keep this land in agriculture for perpetuity and that was yeah and that was the birth of the flower fields and so what we do is uh, but it's very expensive to farm in downtown coastal (laughs) southern california how's your water bill on that yeah Yeah. so water bill property taxes Mm. right this is very valuable land and so it's costly to farm here and so we couldn't really produce the crop 
on just the the, the sales mm-hmm. of the of the flowers themselves. And so we decided, well, why don't we have a small fee and have people come in and enjoy walking around the fields? And it's been a huge success. We'll have 150,000 people come. We have all kinds of activities here on the weekends, music, uh, yeah, shows. Yeah, you got the Bayou Brothers coming to play on the 16th, our, our buddies. Yeah, yes. we have Sarah Petit coming. She's fantastic. We have a school program here where over 7,000 kids come from uh, county schools. It's a marvelous That's program. Awesome. Uh, it's, it's really quite nice. The um, But what happens is ranunculus is a Mediterranean bulb crop. Mm-hmm. They're called the Persian buttercup, and they only last in flower about each plant lasts about five to six weeks and so and they only bloom in the coolness of spring so we have flowers from march 1st to mother's day and so that's our 10-week season that's that's the only time of year we're open the rest of the time we're managing the crop so as soon as uh, mother's day hits the the flowers have senesced the petals are falling off and the fields are starting to look pretty thin we come in and we mow the crop down because Ow. it's terrible. It's, ter- it's terrible. The day I can't wait. The day after we close, it's mow the crop. No, it's, it's like it's like you know demolition when you redo a house. Yeah, it's yeah. demo day. Take it down. And, I, and I'm in a big hurry to mow it because I want to cut the seed heads off. Yeah. Oh. Be- otherwise, I become my own worst enemy, and those seeds then spread all over the place, and I have ranunculus popping up out of order of color and so we come and we mow it before the seeds are ripe then about a month later uh, the fields are completely dry we come in and then dig up the bulbs we sell about a million bulbs a year and then uh, uh, the ground is prepared Uh we amend the soil we uh, use a lot of compost here you'd be surprised how many truckloads of compost go down on those fields Um, then uh, about October, we start planting in earnest, and then that runs through Christmas. Wow. And so, you know, going back on the history of agriculture here, I was reading, wasn't this an area where they would grow lima beans? In- yeah, on, yeah. Uh, before, uh, there's a, a water project that was called Lake Hodges, and it's still in place today, Lake Hodges. That provided water for North County, but up until Lake Hodges was, uh, co- the dam was completed, mm-hmm. and it filled with water, only dry land farming occurred here and so only a few crops are suited to be dry land farmed here in Southern California and lima beans was one of those. Did that help the soil at all because you know you were talking about that the other day Nancy about having legumes like you've got a sweet pea maze here mm-hmm. which I heard people got stuck in there for like weeks. <laughs> all those kids walking by I think they're still in there. They're going to be lost in there. I mean when you think about growing this does it help the soil at all? In our case, uh, since we just have one crop, the ranunculus, there really is an opportunity to do a crop rotation because we're hemmed in by okay. uh-huh. by, uh, by the city now. Uh, and so that's why we use compost. So there's a way around that monocropping is that uh, we do have a gap in the crop of about three months. And then we, we put a lot of compost down. There is almost a half inch of compost on 55 acres. I don't want to do the math to figure out how many cubic wow. yards that is, but it's a lot of material yeah it's interesting I, I love that you know seeing kids go out and seeing 
learning things about flowers and plants. I know there's a big initiative to get kids to understand that apples don't just come from the supermarket. Right, milk <laughs> comes from a carton. <laughs> right, yeah. so, but, but here to actually understand flowers and gardening, because you've got master gardens here. You've got a rose garden, we have to touch on that, but you've also got a section showing how to how to grow things, how to grow, you were talking about the seeds, Nancy? Oh, sorry, the, the fellow that took us around for a little bit, um, he was saying that you grow vegetables in a bale of hay. Yeah, yeah, that's the Master Gardener program. So the San Diego County Master Gardeners have just a fantastic garden here. Those folks really put a nice garden together, and they're always experimenting with different growing techniques. And one of the things that they have is this hay bale. It's actually not one. It's a series of hay bales. And uh, you turn the hay bale so the straw is standing vertically. And uh, they, they've got that planted. There's all kinds of stuff. And there's tomatoes in there. There's strawberries. There is... Um, Amazing. Yeah, there's sw- <laughs> some Swiss chard in there. Wow. Forget, there, there's uh, oh green beans in it. There's a whole bunch of different things. And if you look at it, you can't hardly believe what you're seeing. Their yeah. plants look so healthy and so great. And it's all growing in just straight hay. Wow. That's, that is cool, man. That is cool. So, it's a great idea. All right. So if we can grow things in hay... All right, so you're here in the city. We talked about the water earlier, and you're saying now you're in the dry crop area. California's in a drought. I know it's trying to get out of that, and hopefully more rain will come you know, throughout the next few years. But how does that affect the flower fields in regards to water? Because yeah. you, know, I can, you talk about agritourism. I know a lot of our listeners and readers are going... Well, how much water are they taking to do this? Well, you know, uh, we've been farming here for quite a while, and so this isn't the first drought that we've experienced Mm -hmm. over the years. And and so we switched to drip irrigation over 20 years ago, and and so we use a very precise water application where no water is wasted. But in the wisdom of the owners, about 15 years ago, the city of Carlsbad was installing reclaimed water lines from their sewage treatment plant that's just a, a few miles from here and they asked if we would like to have a pipe run by our property and so the owner said well yeah Tap let's in. let's mm-hmm. do that yeah. and so we have access to reclaim water and we do use reclaim water and that's the city awesome. has said to us that uh, you know we are drought we're drought proof because of that so that is amazing. so we've that got really water cool. but wow. but water's expensive besides the labor to harvest our crop, mm. our second most expensive uh, line item is the cost of water, mm. and so we need to manage water carefully. You know, and that's uh, and for your listeners, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you know it's expensive to farm, and farming often is related with small margins. So if you're wasting water, that's like just taking money out of your pocket and throwing it away. And so most farmers aren't wasting water; they want to conserve water because they want to make a profit and have. A a successful crop and a business. I think they understand water use a lot more than the average citizen who lets their sprinklers run off the concrete and down, you know, the water goes down yeah. the street into the gutter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we are extremely aware of our of our water usage mm-hmm. and we monitor it very carefully. Mm-hmm. We manage that. It's a very important item to manage. You know, we spend you know, mm. a lot, lot of money on water. Yeah, well, it's so beautiful. I mean, I can't believe you can see all these flowers and then overlook the ocean. I mean, it's it's so cool. But the one thing that we're excited about too is that you have a test garden of roses, all American roses, well, and it's our national plant. And yeah. as we travel the country, 
we have our friends from Rose Chat Radio, so this is for you guys. <laughs> There's a lot of roses here. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. So where did the, where did you get all these roses? Well, we used to be a certified uh, AARS All-American Rose Selection Garden. Okay. Uh, but with the changes in the industry and so forth, uh, we are no longer a part of that. But we still have many of the old roses. And at one time, we had every uh, uh, All-American Rose Selection winner in our garden. Oh, wow. But it's, uh, yes, as you know, plants sometimes go mm-hmm. south for the winter and don't return. <laughs> yeah. And so we've <laughs> lost a few. And so we've we've broken with tradition a bit. And now we don't have all those plants. And we've added some newer uh, uh, winter, or not winners, but newer uh, uh, plants in there to keep the garden full and, and looking nice. Uh, you know, a lot of people really enjoy roses around here. The climate here is all, mm-hmm. we're a little close to the ocean to yeah. be a perfect rose rose growing environment but we do pretty good job with those those are organic roses too and uh, you didn't see any powdery mildew or any uh, black spot on those did you no and so yeah Yeah. and there's one that looks green there's like it's got a green tinge to it Mm -hmm. i'm like okay this is cool cool. i I love roses now you've got the roses you've got the sweet peas there's weddings we do weddings here. Yeah, there's all kinds of activities. You know, the uh, the flower fields is is the kind of place where, you know, a lot of people. Oh, if I go there and see the flowers, I've seen it. It's not like that. You can every week. It's different. The crop looks different. The the grounds look different. We have mm. different events, and from year to year, often it's completely different. Just a few years ago, I changed the order in which we plant the color of the ranunculus in the fields. Mm-hmm. Before we used to have strong contrasting colors planted side by side and that made a looked interesting but we were we were planting some seed crops to, to harvest some seed and we said well let's just plant it graduating from dark to light and it was so beautiful mm. and so for the last couple of years that's exactly what yeah. we've done yeah. where we start with purple at the top red the dark rose then we have orange gold yellow mm. and white and it looks just it's, fantastic it's amazing. incredible it's really yeah. amazing it's like a big rainbow. Didn't Paul yeah. Ecke make yeah. his own rose too? He's got his own, or hybridized yeah. his own. Well, he hybridized poinsettias. No, there's a rose name for Paul Ecke, and we have a little uh, garden over here showcasing his mm. plant. It looks like a poinsettia. It does a little bit. It's yeah. a dark red. red the yellow yeah. In the so, are, are the, is the Eckies, are they still doing poinsettias quite a bit? Now, the Eckie Ranch uh, decided about eight, seven, eight years ago that uh, that they were going to change change courses and no longer produce poinsettias. They got a great offer from a, a, a Dutch firm to, to buy them, and uh, the agreement was that they would keep the Eckie genetics going and the Eckie mm-hmm. name and their hybridizer, and so the, the Eckie Ranch has now been, been dissolved. It was moving into the the third generation, or fourth generation. Sorry, mm-hmm. and uh, for, you know the younger kids were they had other interests in in a horticulture business. So that's just the Darn. way of things. Oh, well, that's yeah. the way of things. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that their names but, <laughs> but did you go see the yeah. the poinsettia display? No. no oh, you have yet. to go down no. there yet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we have a historic poinsettia display, and in there, <laughs> in there. <laughs> Do you want some pollen? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In the historic uh, poinsettia display, you can see the very first poinsettia mm. cultivated to the most modern poinsettias today. And you and there there's wow. there's a half a dozen poinsettias in there that are no longer 
They're, they're historic varieties that are no longer in circulation, and uh, we have a grower here in Encinitas that keeps one or two stock plants of that variety just so we can have those plants in this historic display. Awesome. I'm pretty so cool. sure it's the only place in the world you can see those old historic poinsettias. But this is a big deal because, you know, when you get into agriculture and you've got monocrops, you know, the monocrops and, and, you know, monocrop farming, we're losing our seeds. Our, our, you know, we're losing the, even when it comes to flowers, it gets to a point of losing the original seeds. And to hear that you've got the historic, you know, side of things still going and even what you're doing here, it, I don't know, to me, it's a, it's a good thing because we don't want to lose. You know, we're going to get to this point where there's only one kind of chicken. Yeah, right. one kind of turkey. And it, and it comes from McDonald's. <laughs> no, I was going to say, no, it comes from Congress. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Did I go there? No, but thank you so much for joining us and having us out here. We're going to do some more exploring. we got to go see poinsettias. Yes, we do. Yeah. But uh, before yeah. we close out, I always ask this of our garden gossip, because our garden gossip uh, listeners are going to love this. Um, if you could house at anybody's house... It's got to have a garden, right? And an orchid somewhere. Right, right. Anyone in the world, anywhere in the world, any house, what would it be? If you could house sit it for a weekend. House sit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I already do that here at the I flower know. field. This is, uh, is going to be my answer to this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to yeah. be like. The, uh, oh, I don't know. You know, there's um, Fairchild Tropical Botanic Gardens pretty good down in uh, Florida. We didn't Ooh, get there. Didn't I remember. There. I remember seeing something. We wanted to go. And we did the Everglades instead. But then we saw bromeliads in the wild. Mm. Which oh yeah, really, uh-huh. that really cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. So mm. you you like tropical plants? Yeah, I have a, at home with my orchids. I've got a a greenhouse, big tall greenhouse with a bunch of subtropical fruit in it. Oh, and you're in that beautiful so, climate here. See, that's yeah. why he doesn't want to house it. Why should he? Yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah, I already got it at home. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, Priscilla, our little sub monkey, had a good time in the orchids. She she likes mm-hmm. tropical places, so you know <laughs> she's got to visit you, and she'll eat your fruit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, theflowerfields.com is a place to go, mm-hmm. and uh, you're on Twitter as well and Facebook. Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, hashtag theflowerfields, mm. all those different things. Uh, it's really nice here. You know, we're open from March 1st to Mother's Day. It is truly a unique experience yeah, with color. Is. You can't, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I'd say to you that there's nowhere on this planet that's mm-hmm. as amazing as the flower fields. And I might even say this, or I will say this. This is the ninth <laughs> wonder of the world. <laughs> right on. I don't know what the eighth wonder is, is, but I this mean, is the ninth. The Everglades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing that in. Where could you get from millions and alligators, you know? Yeah. And Crocodiles. Yeah, that's true. But I think this is a one. This is absolutely amazing. Wow. Well, I'm so glad you guys are so 30 plus years now. Right? Growing growing plants. Yeah, 10 years here at the flower fields. And then the flower fields have been in place like this as a destination for the last 20 years. (laughs) Well, keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. That was great. Thank you. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.